0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Defiant podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting-edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Pamela Russo. In this episode, I speak with Betty Chen and Rui Tao Su. For building DeFi on Polkadot. While most of DeFi is being built on Ethereum, here is a team building an entire new financial infrastructure on the decentralized network built by the Web3 Foundation and Parity Technologies. Their project is called Acala, and it has been mostly known for its stablecoin, but they're also building staking derivatives and ADEX. Each of these pieces is a huge undertaking on their own, but this ambitious team is making all of them at the same time. They want to become the go-to financial shard in Polkadot. The goal is for any financial activity that comes to the network will land on Akala first. Much of their concept is inspired by MakerDAO, though they do aim to improve on it. They talk about why they decided to build on Polkadot and not on Ethereum, and walk us through the basics of this new network and its test chain, Kusama. They end with their big vision for the future where autonomous sovereign digital nations will transact with each other automatically through AI and, of course, with a decentralized network of interoperable blockchains as the base layer. But first, we start with their very interesting backgrounds. I want to give a shout out to AmpleForce Ample, that's A-M-P-L. It's an uncorrelated base cryptocurrency that recently launched a liquidity incentive program. Its unique protocol which automatically adjusts supply, makes it a good candidate for an uncorrelated collateral type in DeFi. All right. Um, here we are with Betty Chen and Rita Su. They are the co-founders of Akala, uh, an exciting new stablecoin platform that's being built on Polkadot. Um, on the Defiant podcast, I you know, generally focus on DeFi projects being built on Ethereum um, because that's kind of where most of the activity is happening. So I'm really excited to hear about um, a project that's being built outside of Ethereum and how they're uh, tackling things. Um, but before we get to that, I'd love to hear um, uh, about Betty and Retails. Backgrounds and how they they got started working working together and interested in crypto. Um, Betty, do you want to start?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, thank you very much, first of all, uh, Camilla, uh, having us uh, on the show. Um, and also congratulations on uh, your new book, uh, as it's The so Infinite Machine. Yeah. So um, I've, I'm one third through the book, so recommend to anyone, you know, uh, who's so interested and, and want the inspiration to actually read it, it's, oh. it's awesome. Thanks um, so much. Yeah, so yeah, no problem, no problem. So a bit of myself, uh, 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 I'm an engineer engineering, uh, by trade, uh, but halfway through my career, uh, I've gone into a bit of the dark side to do, uh, product management. Um, and then I think the first time I come across like Bitcoin, uh, as way back when, um, quite early, uh, about 2015 or 16. Um, but I think I'm a bit like uh, many others that I know dismissed the idea uh, the first time around because it comes from a source that I didn't think I trust 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next time it comes around, um, I read the white paper um, and I, I just like couldn't actually stop digging into the uh, rabbit hole. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it's interesting where, you know, like uh, before I started uh, our current venture, uh, I met Ray Tao, my co-founder, and, and my other uh, technical co-founder, Brian Chen, uh, through another blockchain venture, where we're all you know, hacking together, building blockchain technology together. Um, I think uh, th- through those experiences, actually, uh, not only, you know, I have uh, great conceptual experience about blo- how blockchain works. I've even at one point coded a JavaScript blockchain just to understand how it works. Oh, wow. But actually, we're building like real-life technology. It's way back like two years ago. Uh, we actually started using, you know, Polkadot substrate technology to build uh, our own uh, blockchain framework. And that's sort of like the whole story uh, unfolds, but I'll let you, you know, Mm. ask uh, other questions before we dive into a bit more detail. But yeah, that's where it all began. Got it.
0: Uh, Rita, I'm interested to hear about your background.
2: Yeah, thank you for having us, Kamila. Uh, so my name is Ray Shu. I'm one of the co-founder of Akala Network. Uh, I've been in the blockchain industry for, I think, far, for uh, almost like four plus five years. Um, uh, I f- Actually, I first hear about Bitcoin way before that. Again, maybe have similar experience like Betty. So at some stage, I was looking at Reddit. I was looking at the Bitcoin uh, white paper. At that point, I understand it's something like a decentralized sort of um, currency. I understand the concept. But at that point, it's just very hard. For For me, I was still young at that stage. Just still very hard for me to understand that how this uh, coin could have uh, value accrued. So I was thinking that I should actually mine it at some stage. uh, But actually, end up uh, thinking it's too complicated to mine. So I just give it, leave it for a while. Until maybe like four or five years ago, I uh, started. I joined another venture um, in the blockchain industry, and that's where I turned full time on blockchain. Um, On the Akala network, we have pretty much uh, quietly building the Akala network in the past nine plus months. I think we accomplished a lot. Um, for me, I, in my, in my whole life, I'm pretty much an entrepreneur for my, for my uh, whole, my whole life. Um, I'm very, very into cutting edge technology, into new stuff that otherwise wouldn't be possible without technology. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, decentralization, um, the ability of like owning your own assets on blockchain. Is mm-hmm. something that I truly believe. Um, so that's why we're where we are. I'm fortunate enough to be able to met, meet, meet a number of uh, my co-founders in New Zealand. Uh, by the way, we all live in New Zealand. Um, okay. And this is a, a nice uh, country. It's, we are fortunate enough to be able to meet the right set of people to actually to work on something cool. So that's pretty much uh, my background.
0: It, perfect. Um, okay. And then I'd love to hear how you came up with the idea of Akala. I mean, what, what drove the, the project in, in the very early days?
2: Yeah. So we were, uh, we went through the ICO hype, like in 2017, like we see a lot of speculation at that stage. Um, but deep down, we were asking like, hey, uh, we do believe that blockchain is gonna be useful. It's probably gonna apply to a lot of like real life application at some stage. But we're looking like, where where is the next breakthrough? Like where is the next sector that mm-hmm. blockchain can really have some sort of impact in short term, rather than like uh, speculating on maybe like things that will be available five, 10 years later. So we are Looking to sure all the industries, and then we think, hey, finance is probably the first sector that's gonna have some sort of breakthrough on blockchain. Mm-hmm. We can see it, we can use it, we can see the user benefit from using uh, the finance uh, on blockchain, and I mean, just a just just a constant. It's just like uh by chance, I was previously in the finance sector as well. So I understand a little bit of that. Um mm-hmm. so we would say, hey, uh if we wanna start a new venture and wanna build something on top of blockchain, it's actually way before when DeFi was uh in, in a super hype status that right. is. Um we were thinking that if you wanna build something and if you want to build something cool, then it's gonna be finance related. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate enough to connect in the finance sector, have some sort of advising uh, advice. Uh, advisory from some of the finance experts. We look at um, where this uh, this sort of stuff is available, um, is applied about on blockchain. So we look at um, we look at the uh, all the existing solutions out there, and we were also looking for the uh, a, a, a new type of layer one, and that's how we uh, uh, explore all the possibility like Ethereum, Cosmos, um, and Polkadot, and mm-hmm. ultimately we choose to build it on top of Polkadot.
0: Right and um, why why did you choose to build it on top of Okadab? Um
2: I owe chipping some of my uh, my ideas and Betty can chipping some of mm-hmm. hers. So um, I think we are not like a single chain Maximus list. Uh, mm-hmm. We believe that in the future there will be. Uh, many short of um, kinetic blockchains. So Ethereum, it's great. It took us here. It let us to see what is possible. You already have a super mature ecosystem running on top of that. Um, and then we have look at um, Cosmos. Uh, it's very similar as to Polkadot as well. Uh, and then we have look at Polkadot. I think the difference between um, Cosmos and Polkadot is that uh, on Polkadot, uh, if because we are building something that's uh, very very. Uh, require a very high of security. For example, mm-hmm. we're building something like a, a stable coin, It require a very secure network. Mm-hmm. On Popadour, you are able to tap in the sheer security model and that's pretty much one of the reasons that we think Popadour is more viable for our project. Um, for some projects, it might be more viable to do it on Cosmos, for some projects, it might be more viable to do it on Ethereum. It's just like our unique characteristic of the project, we think that Polkadot is the best fit. So it gives us the ability to push stripe. Uh, our customized chain, without Mm -hmm. sacrificing any sort of security. We don't actually have to go through and shopping for for a a lot of like validators of a uh, valuation in a token to push up the security. I think that's one thing um, that we think is like, it's uh, probably more viable for us to to come. off.
0: Betty, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um,
1: you know, like specifically for Akala, uh, we are building a finance infrastructure. Uh, so we are the uh, finance shard uh, in Polkadot. So if you think about anything that will come into Polkadot uh, in terms of uh, financial activities, um, probably the pa- platform uh, you should land on first uh, would be Akala. Right. Um, And then, of course, you know, having a finance infrastructure, uh, the first few couple of things you will think of or start to build or provide to other people uh, is one, you know, stable coin. And that's why, you know, uh, for the last few months, we were mostly known as just a stable coin project because, you know, we uh, the team is actually mostly like engineers. So we actually build a concrete product before we actually go out and tell people the next step is actually, it is a shard. It is a, a blockchain mm. in its own and it provides the financial infrastructure. Um, and that said, so we are able to build a stable coin as well as a staking, a derivative uh, that actually needs is to be uh, as a steroid uh, on a proof of stake network uh, mm. for DeFi to actually uh, start to, uh, uh, to to be popular and a lot more innovation happen. Um, uh, having that context, so Akala mm-hmm. is the finance infrastructure, um, then Polkadot is actually the infrastructure for infrastructure. So mm-hmm. I think it doesn't do justice to say Polkadot is layer one. Uh, I want to say Polkadot is the layer zero uh, because each individual chain, like ourselves, like each, each individual shard or what they call parallel chain, is the layer one because oh, we are would- full-fledged blockchain. Um, that you know, like you you can actually build the chain logic, you can have your own governance, and then you have your own domain-specific optimized optimization that you do. So for us, it's finance, right? So we have stable coin, we have DEX, um, and then we have staking derivative, and then we start also having other teams come and build other stuff like bridges and, and other applications. So you can see a finance vertical start to happening on top of Polkadot. And we actually foresee there will be many of these verticals that happen in the next few months. For example, like gaming, for example, maybe uh, also uh, uh, social uh, networking uh, uh, verticals that will happen on Polkadot. So mm-hmm. Polkadot is more like uh, in the universe that it provides all the roads that communicate, mm-hmm. like connects all the little islands. And it also provides the overall national security <laughs> that governs the whole universe, right? And mm-hmm. then uh, our little islands will actually be in that universe and, and just like provide a service that we are very good at, very specialized in. So, so that's that's sort of like how I see it, and uh, and also all of those things said, they're not just on paper. They are actually, you know, like uh, you know, for Polkadot, they've got two networks, like right? so, Kusama and Polkadot. is already running, so the governance and upgrade um, and all of that is actually implemented. So it's it's. Pretty cool that uh, what they've able to do, and also as I mentioned, you know, we we've known the technology uh, since about two years ago. Uh, that was the time that Polkadot hasn't come out. They only have yeah. the underlying uh, technology, blockchain framework called Substrate. So, so this is a toolkit that you can take and you can start your own blockchain in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, even like myself, I'm not you know in developing every day. I can still do that in 10 minutes, and then to customize a blockchain for uh, your special purpose, like finance, it takes three to six months, right? Rather mm-hmm. than three years later, you, your chain still haven't gone live. So that mm-hmm. is the that is the difference. I think um, this is only, I think people start to realize, and then, but, as soon as you know, more developers is wake up to the fact that now you've got a, a full-fledged toolkit for you to build, then the innovation will come very quickly because even in Polkadot right now, there's like 100 teams already building those verticals uh, and you will see the in- innovation come out. And then another uh, cool thing is what Ray Tao actually pointed out and people didn't realize, to start a chain is quite a work. So not only the engineering effort that I mentioned, now you have a toolkit that you can do it very quickly mm-hmm. um, and very professionally. Um, another thing is finance, like economics. Uh, right. Because to secure your chain, you, you need tremendous uh, effort to bootstrap it. Like, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum done a great job um, and it's unprecedented, right? And then I, I hardly see any other chain followed that can actually get to the same level. It's because it's hard. The economics is hard. Mm. So what Polkadot is able to do is help or the chains like ourselves to bootstrap right because it already provides uh you know it's like over a billion dollar uh evaluation market cap and that is the security level that Polkadot is able to provide to the teams um and then we're able to tap into that on day one rather than actually individually we grab the capital and then build our own security i think that actually just dilutes uh the, the, the effort so mm. i think those are quite key things especially for uh, early startups to uh, realize you know the this is right. a place that you can build and actually, yeah, go go to market uh, quite easily.
0: Right. So, um, I, I, guess to, to kind of summarize, it would be, you know, Polkadot was so interesting to you for one, you're able to uh, bootstrap security from, um, a, a bigger kind of layer zero with, with Polkadot. Two, you're able to really customize your own blockchain, uh, using the substrate framework, which, which makes development, um, really easy. And you're able to create your own kind of financial uh, shard over over which different financial applications can be built uh, beyond the, the initial uh, stablecoin application, which which you're building now. I guess is that good? <laughs> That's yeah. very much to the point. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, just making sure I um, I got it. So th- this is this is super interesting. Um, and uh, b- before touching on on these points. I um, want to understand uh, where kind of in, in the process you're at right now because you mentioned the Kusama network which has been the um, Polkadot kind of uh, test network so far and is, is this, have you been actually um, building on Kusama and, and like testing Akala there and then is the plan to, to shift that to the live Polkadot chain, like how does that work? Uh, yeah
1: sure so um uh, I think people say Kusama is the test net. I think it doesn't quite justify the role for Kusama. Okay. Um, I think it's a network already has like $90 million uh, value. And mm-hmm. then the intention for that is uh, Polkadot's main net will uh, put a fraction of its value onto the Kusama network so that uh, the network itself can actually test uh, in real life with real incentive uh, for its governance um, and also for all the uh, applications on top of it as well. So, um, so Kusama is a Real mainnet, it just have uh, lesser value than the Polkadot mainnet, um, okay. and yes, so yeah, so um, and and also like another aspect to that is uh, some of the applications or some of the chains that may not need band grade security, so they may not eventually land on Polkadot. They might just live on uh, Kusama uh, forever. So that's oh. their universe.
0: Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay, but your your goal is to live on on Polkadot, not on
1: on, on we'll, we'll, we'll be on both. So uh, for oh. Akala, like, we are the financial infrastructure, right? So it doesn't matter you are a slightly lower value uh, universe or very high uh, security network, you know, we'll need to be there to provide the uh, financial services. But also it's quite critical for Akala network to actually test uh, in, in the same sense as Polkadot testing uh, on Kusama that we can test with real incentive uh, with sli- slightly less cost uh, to test the real network uh, in Kusama, so mm. we will be connecting to Kusama and launch on Kusama first uh, with real stable coin backed by Kusama's token KSM, mm. um, um, and then we're also providing you know staking service uh, for Kusama as well using our staking uh, derivatives, um, and so the same sort of uh, functionality. But then once they're stable, you know, like Polkadot will be launched on Polkadot uh, uh, shortly after that. So we'll be mm. two networks uh, okay. project. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, think- yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, I think there's uh, some background information I would like to uh, add here regarding mm-hmm. Kusama and Polkadot. I think the key thing to know is that actually Kusama and Polkadot is almost identical in terms mm-hmm. of like, the code basis, the structure. The only difference between Kusama and Polkadot is that Kusama has lesser value, and his has faster governance turnaround. So that's why it's called canary network. And that's why it's like a valued staging testnet. It's one of a new concept as well. So um, think about that uh, you have a testnet has no value. And then you want to progress towards that, towards a an, an testnet with value, with incentive, but it was a, in, in a less risky and in a faster turnaround environment. And that's Kusama. And at some point, you then deploy on the of mainnet, which is bank grade security and the actual mainnet. And by having two networks running side by side, we have an Value staging environment for our network as well. So if we want to roll out some uh, policy changes regarding the uh, financial parameters, which might be risky, we can test that on some of us. See how the market reacts, see how the trader reacts, and give us more confidence in rolling out that in the let's say that once Akala kind of grow to a very high value uh, shard in Polkadot, that give us some sort of comfort confidence that we can actually test that before we roll out to the to the to the main uh, real stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. And both ecosystems are very vibrant. There's there a uh, hackathon going on right now as we mm. speak. It goes for six weeks. I think there's already uh, how many people like uh, 350 or plus already, uh, wow. you know, uh, building in it. So,
0: yeah. Very cool. Nice. Um, okay, so now I, I'd like to get more into the inner workings of um, Akala. And I guess first, can you explain where the name comes from? <laughs> sure.
2: Well, yeah, I think they, there's. Uh, um, I I will just uh, roughly say where the name comes from. And Betty has much I- a better idea of explaining why there's like why there's different network call with different names. So Akala is one of the deity uh, in the Japanese culture. Uh, it is uh, being considered as the innuvable god. Um, and that's where we would like our stable coin price to be like pack at uh, US dollar renewable very stable and I mean there's actually a whole background story regarding like we name our network with uh, uh, with uh, with different sort of um, derivative from that deity. so Betty can look in with like information <laughs> regarding like why we name the network that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Akala is that, you know, stable foundation or the guardian uh, to the whole polka dot universe. Uh, so hence uh, that goddess. Um, and then we also have a canary network that will be connecting to Kusama and it's called Carrara. Uh, uh, and then um, that is actually the fire. If you look it up uh, on Google, uh, the Godia looks a bit angry, but it's it's just showing uh, strength uh, to actually protect the whole universe. And then the Carrara is actually the fire behind it. And that's our Canary network. And then right now we are running a live test net. Um, it's actually got like uh, 3,000 know, n- new accounts and 40,000 transactions already running on the uh, live test net. And the test net is called Mandala. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so mandala is meant in that context a gateway into two worlds, oh, okay. um, and, and that is how how the name come from. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, very kind of um, biblical in a way. <laughs> um, interesting. All right. So. Uh, can you can you uh, explain more um about how akala is structured you know you, you spoke about this uh, shard within Polkadot that you wanted to customize uh, so that it worked in, in in this specific way um so what are the different things that that you are um optimizing for in in this in this shard Yeah,
1: so uh, on Acala, uh, the the finance shard, um, obviously it's a blockchain on its own. Mm -hmm. um, And then we're able to customize the chain logic uh, for finance purposes. And then the three protocols uh, uh, or the three financial primitives uh, that we uh, delivered uh, is the stablecoin, um, and then also staking derivatives, and also uh, decentralized exchange. So those are the okay. three pillars. And alongside with that, there's also uh, a decentralized uh, solvent wealth fund as a DAO uh, mm-hmm. that manages all the surplus uh, and the solvency um, of the network. Um, and then I'll, I'll just like briefly go through each one of them. Okay. Um, and for the stablecoin, uh, it is a multi uh, stablecoin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, collateralization mechanism, uh, as well, you know, uh, inspired by Maker's uh, model. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like it's great in this industry that we all build on each other and reinforce each other's idea. But at the same time, um, also uh, constantly moving forward um, and then making the product, uh, you know, better and more uh, usable for users. So uh, specifically, uh, our stable coin, you know, at, you know, at as a given. Uh, it can use cross-chain assets, uh, for, uh, uh, as collateral. So for example, apart from the native token like dot, uh, KSM, it can also use, uh, say Bitcoin, uh, as collateral. Um, and those mm-hmm. Bitcoin will actually cross over uh, into uh, Akala, uh, and then as a stable uh, as a collateral for stablecoin. And then on the other side, the Akala dollar will also be cross-chain capable. It can actually flow around uh, all the uh, parachains within Polkadot, and also through the bridges, it can actually go out uh, to uh, other uh, isolated chain currently.
0: Okay, um, okay. So that's- let me let me just um. I- Stuff you to, to ask you the question on, on kind of these cross-chain assets because it's so interesting, especially considering um, what we're seeing now with Ethereum and Bitcoin on Ethereum um, and how successful that has been. What what mechanism are you using to uh, port these uh, other other assets, cross-chain assets, into Akala? Is it is it like, are, is it a smart contract that uh, issues um, a, to- a token that's backed by, by Bitcoin? Like, how does it work?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we're fortunate that um, we're not building those bridges ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are respective teams building different bridges. So I'll take Bitcoin as an example. Mm-hmm. So um, we are collaborating with three different teams that, all, that build three types of different Bitcoin bridges because there is a decentralization. Decentralization is not black and white, right? There's a degree of decentralization. Mm-hmm. So there's one team called uh, Interlate uh, within the Polkadot ecosystem. They build uh, you know, complete decentralization, so trustless bridge between uh, Uh, Bitcoin and uh, Polkadot. So they use a mechanism as a collateralization mechanism uh, as an economic way to actually uh, to protect the trustless uh, for their system, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're more, you know, they're very research focused and got paper on, you know, how can can they actually safeguard their system? Mm -hmm. And there's also on the other end of the scale, uh, that a very, very early project that's already live for quite a while called ChainX. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they are also Bitcoin uh, bridge, but they are more using the federated uh, approach uh, to bridge in uh, uh, Bitcoin. But you can see, you know, like uh, one end is quite difficult, so it takes a long time, but ultimately they will get to the trustless end. The other side is you can have a live network, but it's slightly less decentralized. And there's also middle ground. Um, so we are also working uh, with, Uh, this hasn't been announced. Can I actually say this? So we're actually uh, working with a a RAN uh, project. So they are bringing uh, RAN BTC onto our Kala network. So I would say, you know, uh, they are more decent centralized um, uh, trustless, but at the same time, they bring a lot of convenience uh, for the Bitcoin users. So they're sort of in the middle, and we're working with them to actually, uh, they deploy their uh, project on top of Acala. So this mm-hmm. is deploying a module on Acala to bring uh, Bitcoin into natively into Acala. And one thing I think they quite like what we are doing is, uh, for example, uh, RAN BTC users, when they have a brand new account, they just mint some Bitcoin on their account. Um, they have no uh, native token or anything. They can still transact uh, using their RAN BTC balance. So mm. th- this is the optimization that we are able to do. Um, and then also initially, you know, for projects like RAN and others, they come to a new platform. You want to promote the usage, right? So we can actually allow free transactions uh, for RAN BTC initially without compromising security. Mm-hmm. So, so that is the stuff that we could do and then are able to customize uh, that's gonna, you know, uh, empower a lot of the innovation uh, on our shard, on our financial hub, that I think uh, you can hardly actually do it natively in any other chain uh, without the level of customization. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay, so the idea is to use these uh, different bridges to to other assets and to be able to use them as collateral for um, uh, the Akala dollar, is that right? yeah cool. yep. all right. right okay sorry i had interrupted you just wanted to get that um that cleared up
1: yeah yeah no problem no problem. So yeah so so that's one aspect uh mm-hmm. of our uh protocol. Uh but obviously uh you know like uh, for a stable coin to work uh very stably there are many aspects to it, right? Because it always constantly reminds me of uh what happened on Ethereum because uh it, it's a platform that has been developed very fast, a lot of defi innovations and we all saw what happened on Black Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. And it it actually is a multitude of uh reasons. I actually had a very good article uh, Uh, you know, detailed, you know, a number of reasons why they actually happen. So, I mean, apart from just the network being congested and the performance uh, or the scalability doesn't hold up to the uh, financial value that they can transact. That's only the fundamental uh, uh, challenge uh, in that network. Uh, Apart from that, though, you know, uh, there's also, you know, Oracle issues that gets uh, stuck, gets congested. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is also uh, when you go into a liquidation situation, you need efficient liquidation, right? uh, for your assets with the optimized price rather than one dollar and then you you actually uh liquidate for a lot of asset right i think there's a multiple uh, and complex issue to solve yeah. um and uh, some of that you know it's hard to solve at a smart contract level just because you don't get control of the underlying ledger as a whole um, mm-hmm. and you're constrained by those uh, limitations um but you know uh, for, for us you know we're innovators right so we look at that and see you know how can we actually do better so how can we protect our users uh just in case you know black thursday happen again and mm-hmm. i'm sure it will happen happen um, for one you know of course we are given a platform that's like a hundred times a thousand times faster but that's not good enough um, and then we implemented a couple of things uh, to uh, to actually counter that challenge um, and one uh, is we are able to have a uh, more uh, uh, complicated well not complicated, but uh, a more efficient liquidation process so okay. we have a decentralized exchange that will be used as a uh, liquidity uh, in the liquidation event. So when your collateral being liquidated, uh, apart from going to the auctions, uh, which may not be the most efficient way, especially when the market moves uh, dramatically, uh, it will actually use this decentralized exchange to actually, uh, sell off the collateral and then get back the dollars to pay back the loan. Um, and as long as, you know, the price and slippage are acceptable, then the two are complementing each other for uh, liquidity. Um, mm-hmm. so that, uh, so, that is one way. Um, and then another mechanism uh, we uh, we are able to optimize is Oracle. Um, hmm. So on our network, we're able to classify Oracle transaction as uh, priority transactions or operation uh-huh. transactions, a technical term. But uh, it, it's basically the quality of service that we are enjoying today when we are using internet, right? Um, so whenever an Oracle transaction comes in, it's going to be prioritized and always be included in the block. Um, so not only like, uh, our stablecoin, but any uh, finance application deployed on uh, they will be they will have you know reliable uh, price, price feed and feeds. also timely price feed, no matter what. Mm. Um, and, and where? And, sorry, where are you getting those price feeds from? Um, uh, good question. Uh, so w- we provided a uh, Oracle infrastructure, so they're able to. Uh, uh, connect with uh, multiple different uh, Oracle providers, and we are working with uh, some, uh, 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 you know, well-known, you know, Oracle providers in the uh, in the market as well. So, for example, you know, Chainlink, uh, is one of our uh, collaborators, mm-hmm. and also BAM Protocol is another. So we don't we don't detect you know, you should use or you should use Bang. They, they will all be available through our Oracle infrastructure. And then different projects might have different preferences, and they can choose, you know, how how and what type of uh, Oracle price feed they have. But one thing they can be sure is the price fee they get is gonna be timely and it's reliable. And that, that's what we provide. But in terms of, you know, the, the sources uh, will probably rely just on the professionals to provide that. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay, cool. So I guess um, to understand kind of the similarities and differences between Acala and, or Acala dollar and and DAI. Um, so is it, it's similar in, in that it's also collateralized by different, um, by a, a, a diverse number of, uh, of assets, right? Uh, so DAI was uh, collateralized by ETH for a long time, but now it's started to accept um, uh, well, it first accepted bats, and then USDC, and um, and the plan is to keep accepting different assets. And it looks like you're you're going that way too, right? So that would be like a similarity. Similarity with die, like the the collateralization yeah, that yeah. you're using.
1: Yeah, I think the, uh, the initial version of the collateralization uh, is similar, and it's you know mm-hmm. inspired by Maker. So that's mm-hmm. a good mechanism, we think, uh, for a trustless uh, version of it. And then we also had uh, chats with people to say, can you do a basket? Uh, of uh, a currency and uh, collaterals to back, you know, one dollar. Um, and I think you know this type of innovation is going to keep coming out, right? Because people will always find good ways to to innovate. Because mm-hmm. collateralization is good, but it's not efficient, right? Because <laughs> you are actually over collateralizing, and you can also you know lend out you know smaller amount of money. So it's not very capital efficient. So I'm sure there will be uh, new ways of doing things. So the good thing about building uh, you know on Acala is the network is can go through upgrade without forking uh, through its governance. So let's say, uh, let's just, you know, uh, hypothetically, uh, in a six months time, there is a new mechanism uh, devised by, I don't know, an economist or whoever, that we can do this basket of uh, collateralization that's more, you know, uh, capital efficient or whatever, you know, uh, benefit that it can bring. We can actually go through a governance vote to, to say, this runtime module, new version, uh, we all agree to, you know, uh, include in the project and the vote passed. And then the module will just shift on the on the blockchain and uh, go through a runtime upgrade. And then people will get a new version without having a new version of a color dollar. It's exactly the same color dollar. And from a user perspective, nothing's changed. None of the app or APP needs to change. Only the underlying, you know, chain logic is changed. So you, you can go through a very smooth upgrade continuously. I think um, I think only on the surface we see yep that it's a product there. But actually fundamentally what we are trying to develop is a infrastructure that allows continuous evolution and an improvement. I think that is the sort of the crust of uh, this this whole industry is it's gonna change all the mm-hmm. time. There's no way that you deploy one contract and it's gonna live there for a thousand years, right? Yeah, for so sure. Apart from you know, apart from lowest coal, we actually need and apparatus to make legislation, like, like a legi- legislative body to make the law and then to agree on things and then to do politics and then to execute the law. Mm-hmm. I think we were lacking the the legislation procedure or apparatus before, but now we are, we are able to uh, implement that on, on substrate and also in Polkadot and on Alcala. So,
0: so that, that brings me to um um, the question of the governance token, so y- you have this, this ability to upgrade through votes, so does that mean that there's a separate token uh, linked to to Akala other than Akala dollar? R-
2: Rita? Yeah, of course there's the native token, right, there's mm-hmm. uh, for in this network there it's the native token that's gonna be the governance token, mm-hmm. um, the uh, default uh, transaction fee token, and ultimately, it is very similar to the to the MKR token in the MakerDAO uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, we think this is, um, and also, it's going to be the reward um, for people to support us in the prior chain auction. Um, so this is another process. It's very interesting um, uh, in the in the Polkadot ecosystem that if you want a shot, you need to go through an auction process, and that's why we come up with our uh, our. A uh, decentralized sovereign wealth fund to complement that process to make sure this chain can also become at some stage self-sustainable as well. But I mean, to the in 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 a simple form, that yes, there is the governance token, and I think the one key thing with the network they were building is that we build the co- governance into the core. So there's Mm -hmm. actually a number of key parameters that require some sort of governance. For example, um, there is this uh, network upgrade, there's like the risk parameter adjustments, and those will be governed by the native token. And there's also a staking derivative protocol that maybe Betty will talk about a little bit more later. Um, But that staking derivative protocol is actually not governed by the uh, native token, it's governed by the dot holder who stacks through that uh, staking pool because it's more reasonable and more logical um, to make it that way so uh, we have a sticking pool there's a mm-hmm. dot and there's l dot um the l dot holder actually get to choose um which validator to get these pools to delegate to uh which set of validator this should dot should to delegate to so um that's actually the final offering and uh, one of the the, the um the uh, main module that uh Betty was troubling. So, Betty, would you like to talk about, uh, more about the staking therapy products?
0: Sure, w- w- let me just, um, uh, I wanted to ask a question on, on the on the governance token. What's it, what's it called?
2: It's called ACA, so it's ACA? the first... Yeah, it's the first three layer of the Akala network,
0: um, and, and
2: and and just keep in mind because we have actually have two networks. So we have a Canary network running on Kusama. We have a mainnet running on Polkadot. So we have two sort of token as well. So we have the ACA, mm-hmm. which is the mainnet token, and then we have the KAR, which is the uh, the Canary network's uh, native token.
0: Got it. And okay, so this this token is used to vote in governance and also uh, receive. Um, rewards in, in in the system. Um, and for for token holders in in, in Makerdow's case, the way that uh, holders uh, accrue value is because a maker kind of buys and, and burns these these tokens uh, in line with kind of activity in, in the protocol. Um, how, how does it work with ACA?
2: So the ACA token actually have a lot of functionality other than just uh, governance. So let me go through the functionality that we can foresee. So mm-hmm. first, um, it is the governance token. That's no, no question. It's used to adjust the parameter of the network or, uh, and to choose ultimately to choose what the next version of the network is going to become. Secondary, it's also a staking token. So why it's called staking? Uh, because we think we think we actually we are blockchain ourselves. We just don't need like thousands of validators to uh, to secure the network, but we do need some sort of node. Actually operating and package the transaction and submit it to the polar relation. And that's where we call it collators. You can think about those other nodes in our network. And we need a form of way to incentive those uh, nodes to be operating and running. It doesn't have to be secure, but it has to be there. It doesn't have to be that many, but it should be at least like maybe 20 or 30 nodes. And the 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 the, the ACA token can be used for staking to incentivize, to incentivize those nodes to be operating as well. So that's one additional usage. Um, there's also the ultimately fee token for the network transaction. So if you think about you're transacting on Ethereum, you have to pay for ACA token, uh, for, pay for ETH token as the, the gas fee. Or oh, the Alkala network, when you Transacting, uh, ultimately you are paying the gas fee in from ACA. Although we have a, and uh, and an, an, because we can customize the chain logic, you can pay in AUSD, in RAN BTC, in what whatever token, but ultimately it's settled in the in the ACA as the fee token. Yeah. So those are the utility of it, and ultimately it also uh, have a share of the. Uh, of the network's um, surplus. So, this is a DAO that we created. Um, so, think about the, uh, the in the makers' cases, um, there's a surplus buffer, which is maybe at some state a cure to some certain amount of figure they will decide today hey we should buy back some M- mtr token and burn it uh, instead of going that the buyback way of like uh uh like creating value what we are trying to do is that all the surplus of the network is then accrue in a DAO, and then the aca token holders actually a DAO. Uh, operator as well. So they can decide what to do with the surplus. And ultimately we, ha- we have a prime objective of what, what the DAO should do. The DAO mm-hmm. should accrue the value in DOTS. And why we think it should acquire value in DOTS that we need to talk about a little bit more about how the project auction works. Uh, how do you get a shot in the pocket of the ecosystem? So those is like related to that. But ultimately mm-hmm. like there's uh, there's a lot more functionality in, in simply just a governance token. It is actually a multi-use uh, utility token.
0: Mm, got it. And one thing um, it's, it, that's not uh, still very clear to me is that you mentioned that uh, there is a staking in Akala, and that you don't think you would require that many nodes uh, to stake. Um, but I mean, if, if you're going to be transacting with the stable coins and, and tons of value, um, don't you think, I mean, wouldn't you de- require a large amount of nodes to make sure that the system can't be censored and uncorrupted yeah.
2: so that's um that's the beauty of Polkadot, right so um in fact you can think about us as a shot connecting to the polkadot ecosystem so the, se- the the censorship resistance the security of the network it's not up to us, it's up to Polkadot. And Polkadot has thousands of validators. But if we want to connect to their their network, we need to have some set of nodes that stay alive and able to receive user transaction, process through our own logic, and then ultimately submit it for the Polkadot Relation to verify everything's correct. So for us, we don't actually need validators, we need collators, which is pretty much like, um, uh, they can't change the rules. Broadcasters. Yeah, like broadcaster, they can't change the rule, they cannot uh, They cannot game the system, but they're going to be there for, for the user to, to provide um, relay to the to the relay. We,
1: we call it. them a proof of liveness, so, so they need oh, yeah, to be, be there so that the network is alive. Yeah.
0: Okay, got it. Perfect. All right. So we, we've covered uh, kind of maybe the basics of, of the stablecoin and, and Betty, you were going to go through the other pieces that, that you're building, right?
1: Yeah, so the other piece is quite, uh, it's quite interesting, because now you uh, go into a domain of proof of stake network, right, Um, in a proof of stake network, naturally, your native token, I mean, like, say dot uh, is kind of the, the usage is in competition you know, between staking and DeFi and probably other usages, right? Mm. So, um, you know, first year of uh, Polkadot's running, the staking reward is quite high as, you know, uh, between 15 to 20%. Mm. Um, Then it actually means for it to justify to be using DeFi, you need to provide equivalent or even higher return for the holders, right? Dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, in other POS networks, even Ethereum too, you will get into a similar situation mm-hmm. that if, if your ETH is using one situation, how do you, you know, compete? And also it's not good enough for DeFi just raise its return, because if your return is too high, then you're kind of compromising security of the whole network. So it's not good mm-hmm. for, for everyone. Um, so then uh, uh, it's, it's critical for us to provide some sort of uh, facility to allow liquidity to come out of this native token without compromising security. So that's the whole premise. Um, And our staking uh, derivative is exactly that to solve that problem. Mm. Um, And what that is is is, is firstly it's a trustless protocol Um, Mm -hmm. and then when it's a a meta staking protocol where users can put in their dot which essentially from a user perspective they are just staking so they okay. uh, they swap the token in and it's, they already start earning yield. And then inside the protocol, it will generate this uh, receipt called a uh, liquid dot or L dot token. Mm. Uh, that It's a little bit like when you put your DAI into compound and then you receive C DAI in return. Mm. So okay. it's a DAI-C DAI relationship. And then the C DAI or the L dot token uh, will actually be uh, yield bearing. So if you just sit on it, it's going to earn your return, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it is a fungible and a transferable ERC-20-like token. So you can trade it, swap it. Uh, you can use it for DeFi. So for example, uh, one of the collaterals in uh, our stable coin is LDOT. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it creates an interesting dynamic because now you have this LDOT, it's uh, yield earning, and then you're paying a little bit of interest. Now you can get a credit line uh, of a dollar and then to use it for something else that I don't I can't even think about right. right? So there will be uh, all the all the or all, all the all the farmers to actually think about. So, yeah. so that creates that creates a dynamic uh, in the in the system where we don't compromise security. So all the all the uh, polkadot uh, security is still maintained and respected. But at the same time, we release that derivative value of DOT for people to use for uh, different use cases. Mm. Um, and another very key aspect is like uh, we were part of this. Um, uh, ideal collab. So I think mm-hmm. I think they incubated uh, you know many reputable projects like Compound and others, right? Mm-hmm. So we're also part of their product validation day program to just like verify our product ideas. So we interview quite a number of uh, uh, dot holders and users in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so one thing that struck them is like if you're in POS staking, if you're doing that, uh, when you unstake there's always a period of time that you have to wait, right? So in Polkadot, it's about 28 days, and some other network is like seven days or or 20, or, or it's a different days that you have to wait. Uh, for yeah. you to unstake and the reason is there's good reason for it because uh you you don't want to shift your security up and down right if there's right. a whales and you shift like $50 dollars up you know in and out of the staking pool and that's not good for the security or stability of the network so there's good reasons for it but for users though you know it, it means that my liquidity has a long period of wait time before i can get my dog back right. so through our protocol we have a smart way that we uh, provide that liquidity early to user uh, if they want to, so they can actually uh, just simply as token swap, they can swap their L dot back, and they can immediately redeem their dot. So we provide oh. that sort of liquidity to them immediately. So that's like a uh, you know eye opening for for many people. I think at some point you know some someone will actually need their money immediately to do something else, right? right? If there's a farm just open up next door, you want your dog back to do something with it,
0: right? And is that is that is that through, is that through like a, a Dex that you're just getting dot liquidity and and swapping L dot through through dots. I mean, On the surface,
1: it looks like uh, uh, a Uniswap top like an mm-hmm. exchange. You're exchanging the two tokens. But underlying is, is not quite simple. Like underlying, there's uh, multiple uh, pools uh, and batches of dots that we are constantly staking and also unstaking oh, um, okay. through, through yeah. our chain to the Polkadot main chain. Um, mm-hmm. So we can maintain the liquidity, but also maintain a good portion of dot that's being staked. So so a continuous return is being generated for the rest of the uh, of the participants yeah
0: okay but you still you still need to like if, if you have like an, a number of of uh, stakers taking their dots um, you need to have that return uh, back back to them um, so where does this kind of addi- additional batch of dots that you have to have like on reserve come from
1: yeah. So, so that's the uh, that's the algorithm that we are working out. Is like, what is the right proportion uh, mm. of uh, of dot being stake. And also what is the right proportion for reserve dot, so use as liquidity because for people who want early liquidity there's a premium they have to pay uh, for that, uh, oh, for, for that the right. yeah for, that, li- yeah, for okay. that liquidity but then uh, the algorithm should dynamically adjust uh, the proportion so that we can based on demand uh, we can work out you know what is the right number so that the rest of the uh, stakers they can get their fair share the right of return. return. Right. right okay yeah
0: oh that's that's uh, such an interesting mechanism them. Very cool. And,
1: and you don't stop there, right? Because uh, we are not only attracting just individual dot holders, we are attracting a lot of validators as well. So because we don't do validating ourselves, we don't run notes. So those validators, they could just put through their uh you know their dots to us, and then and then they can all collectively vote which validator notes they want to stake or nominate on. Um, so so that is like the next level game is like a lot of those professional validators, they may put a portion of their uh, stake through us just because all the benefits that I mentioned that they, they, they really like. Um, and that's important that those LDOT holders have a say on who they want to vote for in terms mm-hmm. of validators. So there's a mechanism through the protocol that you can vote for uh, validators and, and et cetera for that. Got so, it.
0: Super interesting. Okay. So we, yeah. we went through stable claims. We went through... Um, Staking derivatives and I guess like the third piece you mentioned was um a a DEX. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I can just quickly mention as 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 nothing too fancy. It's just like a decentralized exchange, it's a constant product uh, sort of exchange like Uniswap. Mm-hmm. Um the main purpose is like firstly it provides liquidity and usage for the network, but mm-hmm. then you know it also complements our a uh, 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 stability, like stablecoin mechanism, right? Right. To, uh, to like the liquidation. the liquidation process.
0: Right, Yeah. okay. Yeah,
1: and then also, you know, like all the fees, it can just magically uh, swap all the fee tokens so you can mm-hmm. pay in any token that's supported. So,
0: yeah, yeah, Very so cool. it's, it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's like each one of these pieces is a huge undertaking on its own. And, and you're trying, you know, you're doing like all of these <laughs> at the same time. Um, is it, I mean, are, are, how are you kind of managing that, um, that, that risk of, you know, trying to like do, do too much, like spreading yourselves too thin
2: Rita? Yeah, I think um, I think there's a uh, we don't. Uh, so first is that we are a team of uh, engineers and we are mm-hmm. very high achievers. Um, and I mean, the reason that we come up with this uh, set of protocol is not because we just want to have like this set of protocol because we see them. They are companion. They. Eat, they work with each other in a way that we think that form the, the the financial primitive um, but what you mentioned is like a, it's very important as well like how do you manage the security because like there's so many moving pieces how do you make sure that every moving piece is, is working as intended and what's the risk if you make all those moving pieces work together so I mean we are close to launch well, we the plan for us is to get not only one or two will we'll seek for a number of um, independent security audits to make sure the code itself is going to be secure uh, we don't see this as something that we would uh, consider lightly. Uh, we will to make sure that the code or everything that we come up with is secure. But mm-hmm. only having a security audit is not enough um, um, because there's so many moving parts, there's so many parameters you can adjust. So we're in the process of engaging a very repeatable firm. Uh, they're going to provide uh, what we call an economic model or economic parameter uh, valid, uh, audit. It's like mm-hmm. to audit this uh, whole economic model, how this uh, this whole, goal, whole game rule that we set up uh, in a way uh, that's like they have a they have a very sophisticated way of like validating all those models. What they do is that they will take um, the parameter that you are able to adjust, and they will pump that into some sort of simulation by. Test that in a mass degree. So simulate maybe millions of, of people's trading with different set of parameters. Maybe they will test all the combinations and let us know what's the risk there, uh, what's going mm-hmm. to happen there, how to should set this parameter. And this is something I think is that gradually become will become a trend for any sort of like important DeFi protocol because uh, you come up with a set of blue, you got to test it. And it's just like how much you can test in a, in a, in a many way, but if you want to fully test that, you've got to do it in an automatic way to cover any possible combinations that you can think of. Yeah. Um, so those is the other uh, step of, um, of Guardian that we're trying to take as well. Um, but
1: plus but launching even, a canary network, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then we also have a canary network, but ultimately I think the governance uh, process of this network is to put us into like a very good hand like in case something went wrong, uh, in case something extremely bad went wrong. There's still a governance process. You are not facing something like you have to half the network in order to rescue something. There's still like the last shot of effort. While we will try to not to, uh, we'll try not not make sure that's not going to happen. But in case the worst happened, there's still a governance process. As long as the token holder agrees. Uh, there's always a way to upgrade that to the next stage. So to prevent something like a half fork or something like a discovery between the, how, how the next stage of the, net, the the blockchain should evolve.
0: Mm, got it. Um, there's like, there's so much to talk about and we're running out of time, but um, I, I always like to end with asking the Big picture vision that that you have, both for your project and for DeFi and uh, blockchain technology in the future. So, uh, say uh, ten years, twenty years from now, like where where do you see Akala and and DeFi?
2: Uh, I think I will chip in my my vision first, and then mm-hmm. Betty can chip in hers. I think for us, uh, the short term goal for Akala is that we would like to. Uh, become a financial hub in Pogoda and beyond. We would like to become a customized, special blockchain, just find fine tuned for finance. We'd like to see not only our corporate goals getting mature um, and getting more of like usage on the corporate protocol. we'd like to see other projects to uh, build on top of us as well. That is the short to medium term goal that we believe. Our our ultimate goal is to make sure this network itself is truly decentralized. And by definition of truly decentralized that even uh, if uh, the company or even the team member, the the co-founding team member uh, stop working or leaving or for some reason uh, stop intervening the project, this project can still survive, can still mature and grow on its own. And that's where we call ourselves uh, become successful. And there's something hard to to achieve, but we'll try very hard to achieve that.
0: Got it. Perfect. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I echo that, and then I would like to push that beyond a little bit as mm-hmm. uh, we are seeing just the beginning of uh, digital jurisdictions mm-hmm. uh, that's being implemented on the blockchain. Uh, because a lot of the stuff that we talk about for a long time in blockchain space, like decentralized uh, autonomous organization, and then uh, uh, organizations transacting with each other uh, auto- autonomously uh, and and all of those things we talked about, but now is the time that we can see it's implemented uh, because I think Akala at one point, we didn't talk too much about the wealth fund. It's gonna generate enough uh, wealth that Akala is gonna be a solvent blockchain. So it doesn't rely on external party for its uh, security. It doesn't rely on rely on external party for its continuous development and maintenance. So it's a, it's a solvent blockchain. Mm. And then one step beyond that solvent uh, blockchain, it has its own governance, and it, ha- it can of has a change agency through the governance to continue to evolve itself. So it's an organizational organism on its own. And then beyond that, uh, through the wealth that it generates, it can now also help other blockchains or other digital jurisdiction to say a chain within Polkadot or, you know, or, or beyond, because that actually means now a sovereign chain can have a stake. Uh, in other uh, sovereign chains. Now you can actually, you know, uh, you're holding a stake collectively uh, as a digital uh, jurisdiction of another digital jurisdiction. And you can now do foreign trades between you guys. You can hold each other's foreign currency as a reserve Mm -hmm. and then you can do businesses. And then you can also go through uh, uh, merge and acquisition through, mm-hmm. I think that's one step even beyond that. Once you have a lot of these jurisdictions, one day they, they might dissolve, right? And then you can acquire a piece of it or you just like merge with it. And I think right now you can all think about it in paper, but through the mechanism that we are using on substrate and the polka dot sort of, uh, because polka dot provides a way that you communicate with meaning. So you can do all of those things actually uh, on chain. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think we'll start to see uh, that you know, people actually start building things we cannot do today. Um, I think that's the most exciting thing. You can build applications and chains that it, it can't. You, you just can't do it today. And with a lot more autonomous, and imagine if you actually plug in AI and making some of those decisions <laughs> um, as well. It's gonna be interesting. Crazy. It's, it's crazy.
0: No, it'll be definitely exciting to see. Um, you know, it really sounds like. You're kind of pushing the boundaries of, of, uh, this technology and, and DeFi and, um, this futuristic world of, uh, autonomous, sovereign, uh, digital nations transacting with each other. Um, maybe, maybe automatically through like an AI is just, uh, mind blowing. So it'll be, uh, interesting to see. But, um, for now, you know, um uh, just step by step, it'll be it'll be great to uh, watch uh, you guys launch on on Polkadot and, and see how how that evolves and how uh, Defiant on Polkadot starts uh, growing. So definitely, we'll be keeping an eye on that on on the DeFiant and and yeah, thank you so much for for coming on. It was a really really interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Camelia. Uh, those are very good questions, and uh, I enjoy it very much.
0: I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week. I want to give a shout out to Ampleforce Ample, that's A-M-P-L. It's an uncorrelated base cryptocurrency that recently launched a liquidity incentive program. It's unique protocol, which automatically adjusts supply makes it a good candidate for an uncorrelated collateral type in DeFi.